Good morning, friends. Welcome to The Well. My name is Ryan Gear. I'm the pastor here. If you're new with us, you're our guest, and we're glad you're here. If you'd like to let us know you're here, just text the word WELCOME to 480-530-7234. It'll text you back with the Digital Connect card. Just fill that out and tell us about yourself, and you'll get more information about The Well. Thanks for being with us today. We're so excited about today. We've been looking forward to our special guest here for weeks. Uh, Pete Enns is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes to speak to us about how thinking intelligent Christians can take the Bible seriously and follow Jesus Christ in the United States, even in the current climate that we're in in this country, uh, when it comes to religion and the way it's being used uh, for politics. And, and there's so many questions we have, and, and so we're excited to welcome Pete Enns today. First, I want to promo where we're heading next week. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of the season of Lent. Lent is a season of preparation for Easter, and for six weeks, our Lent study here at the Well is going to be based on this book, Postcards from Babylon, The Church in American Exile, by Brian Zond. And so every week, the sermon will be based on uh, two chapters at a time through the book, and then uh, every Wednesday, we're starting a brand new online connect group where you can discuss that reading. So next week, I'm going to give a message on, on chapters one and two in the book. And then the following Wednesday, that new online connect group starts and you can discuss your reading. So if you want to participate with us, I invite you to just go ahead and order your book uh, wherever books are sold. And, um, and you can start the reading uh, even for next week, chapters one and two. I'll cover those next Sunday, and then if you go to wellchurch.org, wellchurch.org, you can just scroll down to where you see this graphic and, and join the online connect group uh, for six weeks leading up to Easter. This is a, a great study for spiritual growth. It is also the most relevant topic I think we could talk about right now. With everything that's going on in our country, um, so many of us are asking questions that we've been talking about in this series. If God gave you a brain, it's okay to use it in church. But we're going to dive even deeper now uh, as, we, as we study postcards from Babylon uh, and explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ anytime, but especially right now in 21st century America. In the foreword here, or I guess it's an endorsement at the beginning of the book, Brian McLaren, the, the, the well-known author, says... If he could interrupt the programming of every religious broadcast in America, then he would, he would plug in this message from Brian Zond. I agree. I, this is a book that every follower of Jesus Christ in this country needs to read. It is incredibly important for us to wrestle with what it means to follow Jesus Christ in 21st century America especially with the way that Christianity has been manipulated, in my opinion, for partisan politics. And we've seen that come to fruition recently. I can't think of a more relevant topic. And so if you're on the fence about whether or not you might you know, buy this book and, and watch the series or go to the online connect group on Wednesday nights, please. Uh, I think this is well worth your time. And I can't think of a better topic for us to study right now. So that's where we're headed. Uh, for Lent, starting next Sunday, postcards from Babylon. And then we're excited that on Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, we'll welcome special guest, the author of the book, Brian Zond, who will be here with us talking about why he wrote the book and uh, helping to unpack its meaning for us. And so uh, please join us next week uh, for that series, Postcards from Babylon. And now I want to uh, read uh, 
the bio for Pete Enns and give him a proper introduction and then show you a, a video of an interview that Pete and I uh, had together here just uh, recently. And um, what Pete shares in, in this interview, I think is comforting for many people if, who have been asking questions and maybe they're a little, maybe they're a little scared. Whenever you go through a, a transitional time in life, it's scary. And for so many people, who were maybe raised in more fundamentalist Christianity or who came to that in adulthood. And maybe you've had questions that you've put on the back burner for a long time because you were afraid to address them. And there's social pressure on you that, you know, there are people in your family or your friend networks that, that want you to fit into that particular expression of Christianity. And you're not sure you can. Well, what Pete shares today, I think is comforting and gives you a solid foundation to build on. Uh, Pete is, I mean, perhaps one of the, well, actually perhaps the leading voice right now in the United States, helping Christians who are trying to ask questions about their faith, trying to take the Bible seriously, but learn what it means to interpret the Bible wisely and figure out what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century United States. Uh, as we've seen uh, over the past few weeks, this fusion of religion and politics in America has led to violence, even uh, in the assault on the Capitol on January 6th. And in this series that we've been in here over the past several weeks, if God gave you a brain, it's okay to use it in church. We've been talking about some of the questions that thinking Christians are asking right now, like the Bible and science. And as people mock Dr. Fauci, who, who are you know, some people who are self-professing Christians, or they refuse to wear a mask, or uh, they'll refuse to, to live by the CDC guidelines during COVID-19, We've talked about the relationship between faith and reason and how to interpret the Bible intelligently. And uh, even last week, we talked about uh, the Bible and conspiracy theories and vaccines and views that some Christians hold. And, and so if you're a, a thinking Christian who is, who is struggling through you know, these issues and trying to make sense of your faith, I think what Pete shares today is going to be comforting, but also it's going to help you to, to build a, a foundation uh, uh, provide an intellectual foundation for you to build on as you seek to reconstruct your faith. So uh, Pete Enns is the Abram S. Clemens Professor of Biblical Studies at Eastern University. He earned a PhD from Harvard in Near Eastern Languages and Civilizations and is the author of many books, including The Sin of Certainty, Genesis for Normal People, How the Bible Works, The Evolution of Adam, and the newly released Exodus for Normal People that he'll mention here in this video. Uh, he's the host of the popular podcast, The Bible for Normal People, with over 5 million listens and a sought-after speaker. And so now let's watch special guest, Pete Enns. Pete Enns, welcome to The Well. It's good to have you. Thank you, Ron. It's great to be here. Yeah, we really have been looking forward to your visit. We have so many people here who, uh, who read your books, who listen to The Bible for Normal People podcast, including me. And we just really appreciate you and Jared. Jared was actually here, I don't know, a year and a half ago, something oh, really? yeah, like that. Cool. Mm -hmm. He visited us live back when we could do that kind of thing. And uh, so we appreciate you joining us by video. So, Alas, this, yes, video will have to do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe someday we can do something in person. But That'd be great. So if it's okay with you, Pete, what I want to do is just fire some questions at you. Okay. And uh, we've been in this series called If God Gave You a Brain, It's Okay to Use It in Church. And these are just common questions that... I find that thinking people ask, they want to follow Jesus, that they are struggling with their faith, maybe deconstructing, reconstructing. And so is it okay if we just dive in? Yes, let's do that. All right. So your podcast, The Bible for Normal People, 
and your numerous books seem to be aimed at helping thinking Christians interpret the Bible wisely mm -hmm. uh, with intelligence. So how did you personally develop a passion for interpreting the Bible well as a thinking Christian? I think it sort of evolved in my own life because, you know, I went to seminary then graduate school, but this was even before seminary where um, I had a conversion experience in high school and uh, I just started having questions like a lot of people do. And I just started investigating things. And the more I read, the more sort of my mind got expanded a bit. And uh, then I, you know, I went to seminary and, uh, you know, I, I had some moments there, too, where I said, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I need to think more about it. But it was really uh, in graduate school, uh, learning with um, alongside of people who were from very different walks of life than I uh, was from and uh, professors who were not uh, Christian, um, maybe one or two even slightly hostile to Christianity, but great teachers and taught me an awful lot. And also uh, Jewish professors who taught me an awful lot. And and uh, that's when I got introduced to, you know, what a lot of people refer to as the critical study of Scripture, which doesn't mean criticizing the Bible, but it really means looking at it in its historical moment and trying to understand who might have written things or at least when something might have been written. And when you put something in its historical context, you start seeing it differently. You start seeing that the questions that the author might have been asking are not the questions we might be asking and how do you reconcile those two things so that really is where it started in earnest in graduate school uh, over five years and studying with people and and then you know it didn't really stop um some uh, my doctoral advisor there his name is james kugel he's been on our podcast too a couple of times but uh, he says a phd is sort of like a driver's license it, it's the it's the beginning of something. It's not the end of something, and so you just keep thinking and 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 pondering. And life happens, and school happens, and study happens, and you. I, I just kept pushing things and and seeing where there are more and more questions that I could be asking about this stuff. So yeah, it sort of evolved, and it was always sort of there, but it really evolved. So in your own journey you discovered that the Bible could be interpreted in the light of its historical context. And that opened up a new, a new avenue for you. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 And so in, for example, and, and this is a thread throughout your work, but in, in your book, how the Bible actually works, mm -hmm. you state that the Bible is meant to lead us to wisdom uh, versus just providing us with answers. Yeah. So what does that mean for how we view the Bible? Um, interpreting it in its context, uh, and how it can be a guide for our lives? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, I think. Um, especially people coming from a more conservative background, which I can very much resonate with. I did come from a conservative background. I wasn't raised, just, just a side issue, I wasn't raised evangelical. My parents were German, and they didn't even know what that was. I couldn't spell it. But I did have a conversion experience and, um, you know, my, my seminary training was more conservative. So I do understand the question. I understand the mentality. And when we approach the Bible with the assumption that, well, for it to be useful to us, it has to be some sort of a clear authoritative guide. And it's got to tell us what to do. And that's, uh, I mean, in principle, that's a really great idea. And that may work maybe for some things. but 
the more you read it, the more that kind of mentality raises questions because, I mean, you know, you know, you read the Bible and that's when questions come up. It, it, the questions are not generated by people who hate Jesus on the outside. They're, they're generated and ha always have been by people who read it carefully and questions come to mind. And so for me, the way I've, I've put these pieces together is I can honor the what I like to call the messy character of the Bible, that it's it's ancient, it's ambiguous. You know, it's it's not really clear and it's very diverse. And I would even say, you know, uh, this is the kind of thing I'd love to talk to people about in person, but there are contradictory elements in the Bible that, you know, only a few people don't aren't willing to recognize. And if that's the character of the Bible, then, well, what do you do with it? And that's why I, I really thought of it in terms of more leading us towards wisdom, which is about discerning our own moment in time. And um not looking to the Bible to sort of do the heavy lifting for us in the moments that we live in, but us doing that ourselves. And where the Bible comes into that, I mean, the Bible is a complex book, but one thing I really land on is how the biblical authors themselves seem to be doing that because there are movements and shifts in the course of Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, where I think we're really watching pretty clearly biblical authors even disagreeing with other biblical authors and saying no we think god really isn't like that he's like this and to me that's a wonderful thing and that that actually gets me more excited about reading the bible because i don't have to try to paper over those difficulties i can just let them be and say what can i learn from them what path of wisdom can i take when i take these things seriously and so you know the bible has I guess I'm going to use the word authority because that's one that people are used to hearing. The Bible has authority, but it has that kind of an authority, a wisdom authority, not sort of a legal textbook kind of authority. And that's that's the, that's the kind of authority that was always taught to me and therefore taught to read the Bible every day. And so I did that. And then I came up with the idea that that way of looking at it doesn't work very well because the Bible's too complex and too diverse. Yeah. And I, and I find that thread throughout all of your works, and that's what's so life-giving to so many people. This, uh, so many who were raised with that view that, that the Bible is an answer guide, and that's what it means for it to be an authority in your life. So now, I would imagine your listeners, your readers, who knows how many millions of Americans are coming out of a bag. <laughs> billions. I mean, who knows? I, Who's to say? I think your podcast is in the billions now. Am I right? I think. No. Billions. Of, no. <laughs> I appreciate it's, that, though. It's headed there. Um, <laughs> so who knows how many Americans, I mean, of course, in the, even the, the wider world, but who, who knows how many Americans there are who come from a background where certainty was the value. The, the Bible as an answer book was the value. And they're beginning to realize, wait a second, I don't think that really works. But then they're scared. Of course, yeah. What do you say to folks who are just, maybe beginning that journey of being honest about their questions and about what they're reading and finding. And they're just not sure if they want to explore more. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, it's um, being afraid is absolutely normal, I think, um, because the way you've seen reality, and I would, since we're talking about God, the way we've seen ultimate reality is being challenged. But I think moving forward, 
through that fear is again one of these biblical models for us that we have writers doing that very thing and you know whether it's a psalmist or whether it's a prophet engaging with an earlier prophet whether it's the book of job engaging with things like the book of deuteronomy i can go on and on but you'll have to read the book if you want more detail so um but you know it's things like this that i say okay listen just just stop acknowledge the fear and the discomfort but then just take a step back and say, but I'm seeing the Bible do certain kinds of things as well. And I think that encourages us, I hope it does, to sort of like just say, okay, listen, I don't have to have all the answers now. I can wait. I mean, if a common thing that comes up for me, Ryan, with, with uh, people who ask me a question like that is, Pete, I understand what you're doing. You know, you're making this Bible like this. It's all messy. Uh, first of all, I'm not making it anything. I'm just trying to point out what it's actually doing, Right. But, um, you know, you're, you're, you're giving me a Bible that doesn't behave the way it's supposed to, the way I was, I was always taught. But, and I get that, and I actually agree with what you're saying, but then how can I be certain? And I, I understand the question, but that's just trying to replace one kind of certainty with another kind of certainty. And he's talking, he or she's talking about an intellectual certainty. I'm talking more about a conviction we have in terms of our faith with God, which goes up and down, right? Even in the Psalms, it goes up and down. In Ecclesiastes and Job, it goes up and down. It's not always up here. And that's a different thing than having an intellectual certainty. You can have a conviction about God without saying, I'm certain I understand what God is like. And I think learning that is is a huge, huge step for, it has been for me. You know, I'm not up here looking down on the rest of you. I, I'm in that process myself, and I always will be. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that's, to me, is, is, is it really it all comes down to what we're expecting out of the Bible and how we're connecting what God is like with how we understand the Bible. I'd like to think of God as beyond our understanding of the Bible, even beyond the Bible itself, and the Bible actually encourages us to explore. And so even the some of the biblical characters themselves, you're saying, are were wrestling. And so a person who's feeling that same way, they they could even identify with people in the Bible. You're in good company, and also with the entire history of Christianity and Judaism, if you want to get down to it. People have struggled mm, nice. with God's absence. They've struggled with this no longer makes any sense. They've struggled with these people that I've been told to hate my whole life, I've gotten to know them and I don't hate them anymore. So what do I do with the Bible that seems to have God really not like certain kinds of people, right? So, I mean, this is this is the normal path of faith. And the irony for me is that I think a, a poorly functioning view of the Bible makes that journey a thousand times more difficult. A different view of the Bible, you know, what I call a wisdom view of the Bible, and I'm I, I'm not making that up. I, mean, I get that from a lot of people, but a, a wisdom view of the Bible is one that at least acknowledges the normalcy of that kind of a process, which could even include walking away completely. Sometimes people have to press reset for a very very long time because they've been damaged so much and. And I'd like to think that God is, he understands us and knows when and where we were born and the questions we have that maybe people 500 years ago didn't have. I'd like to think God can handle this. 
Yeah, I think those words have to be so comforting. Um, no matter where, no matter where a person is in their spiritual journey, but especially people who are just starting to deconstruct or reconstruct or whatever terminology you want to use, that that uh, we're in good company. Yeah. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really appreciate that. Well, so that's kind of a, a big view of interpreting the Bible and seeing uh, the Bible uh, as a source of wisdom, not just answers. Now, if, if we could kind of be more specific. So right now we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. I've heard, and, yes. Yeah, I've, yeah, yes. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, we are in a time in which we're seeing, for political reasons and some for religious reasons, disregard the advice of the CDC, refuse to wear a mask. There, there's a distrust of science mm -hmm. um, for some that is rooted in their view of the Bible. Right. Yeah. So what would you say to those who, for them, their main, uh, their main beef with the Bible is they have a difficult time reconciling their view of the Bible with the findings of modern science. Evolution isn't, isn't, don't, having faith in, in the Bible or having faith in God and having the Bible as a guide in your life, doesn't that make you against science? Right, right. What would you say to somebody who has that struggle with the Bible and science? It depends on how snarky a mood I'm in when that comes up. No, but in all seriousness, I there, there are many settings where I wouldn't engage that at all. And I would really try to understand, to, to, to honor that person enough to ask questions about, okay, you know, where, where is that coming from? Um, I, I see a lot of anger, you know, what, where is the anger coming from? Are you, uh, is there something that you're really afraid of? Because this, I'd like to hear it. I you know nobody likes to be afraid and sort of to humanize a little bit, this whole thing, because that's the, that's the, barrier to dialogue it's not i have a better argument here's my zinger point i got a thousand zinger points none of them matter at all so i think it's more a matter of being patient and talking with people and letting them express themselves and not feel pressure to change and i do think there's a difference between talking to people on a personal level and talking with leaders whose views are really maybe causing the problem more than anything and that can be political leaders. It can be, you know, very famous pastors out there, things like that. Those are people I more want to debate with, um, but not for the sake of changing them, but more to show a model for others who might be listening in on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the at the end of the day, it really is about what kind of a Bible do we think we have? And when you equate the kind of Bible I have with the kind of God I believe in, it's very hard to decouple those two views. And, and they're very deeply connected, which is why, you know, you, it's very hard to say, well, you know, Genesis is not a science book. It's, it engages in ancient or Eastern mythological kinds of constructs, and, and it tells a different kind of story, but it's still breathing that same kind of air. I mean, I've just lost everybody at that point. You know, what what do you do? Um, so yeah, it's it's really really tough to like. What would I say? It just depends on the person and the situation. So in a in a in a nutshell, because it's so easy to distill massive theological concepts down to a one minute answer. If if somebody says, you know, I I just can't. I don't think I could take the Bible seriously as any kind of source of wisdom. 
if I have to believe that God created the world in six 24 hours days, 6,000 years ago, mm -hmm. what would you say to that person about Genesis? Well, I'd say, first of all, you're right. I mean, I couldn't either. I couldn't look at it as a book of wisdom if that means, um, you know, accepting a, a good number of things simply at face value and disregarding the ancient climate in which people wrote things and even why they wrote things, which might be to persuade other people, you know? So it's it gets a little bit complicated. And I, I mean that in a good sense, it, it's worthy of study. It gets a little bit complicated when we step away from a Bible that is basically dictated by God and its point is to be absolutely clear to you right now in your life. And if it's not clear to you, there's a problem with you. Um, the, again, the entire history of Judaism and Christianity has seen it very differently that it's worthy of deep study and mystery is a big word that comes up in studying the Bible. And, you know, I, I think that, that to me is, um, that really sets this all on, on the right footing, I think, for discussion. So I would, I would say to this person, you know, I, yeah, I, I get it, but whoever told you you're supposed to read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and 3 as something that is even capable of of, of trumping science as we know it today. Pardon the pun, folks. Uh, the word choice, I did, that was unintentional. Um, but, um, you know, I just, it, it always comes down to, and I, I've said this like probably five times already, but uh, it always strikes me how much this comes down to our starting point for what we're expecting the Bible to do. And that is something that Protestants, especially in the West, really have to struggle with because We've been taught that in, in a cultural moment, a cultural context, like it's going back two, 300 years now, where there was a strong reaction against things like science or whatever. And you sort of like circle the wagons in terms of the Bible, like we have to hold on to this as being absolutely literally true, or everything's going to change. And that has been part of the DNA, I think, of, of conservative Protestantism, at least, and that's a hard thing to undo in an afternoon. And I really think that people have to get to a point where they see it themselves. Nobody forced me to go on a journey with this stuff. It's things that I just started seeing and I said, I can't unsee this anymore. And maybe helping people by being a silent guide sometimes, just sort of like hanging out with them and not expecting people to change overnight, that might be the best thing to do. And don't answer them on Facebook. Or Twitter. That doesn't help. Always good advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the biblical books come out of a culture, mm -hmm. and then our beliefs that we hold now came out of a culture, mm -hmm. perhaps 200, 300 years ago. And then we live in a culture right. in which our beliefs are used in certain ways. Um, mm -hmm. You said trumping. Yeah. So, uh, which brings me to my final question, Pete. Um, <laughs> Who'd you vote for? <laughs> so here, for me, this as a pastor, this is the question that I am hearing most of all these days. Uh, we're living in a time of upheaval in the United States, a time in which there's an attack on the Capitol. Our, our society is as divided as it's been in a long time. And Christianity has a function in our society right now, mm -hmm. largely to prop up 
or being manipulated for or used by purposes that just seem antithetical to Jesus Christ. Now, without commenting any more than you'd like, <laughs> what do you say to folks who are, who are wondering, can I even really remain a Christian in the United States with the way that it's used for political purposes and the propaganda and everything that I see happening in our society, the who's in, who's out, the hatred, the anti-intellectualism, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What would it even look like right. to be a Christian in this culture that we live in in the United States and take the Bible seriously as wisdom? What would that even look like? How's that for well, a question, Pete? That's a challenge. And uh, you know, I think people are doing that anyway nowadays a lot of them they're just not on the news because they're not interesting um but even if they're right you know um but i you know i i think I, I mean i think it's 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 an extreme position to say i can't even identify with christian because of what's happening that's exactly why you should and to just be different with the people around you to model something other than sort of a contentiousness to gently push back in some cases strongly push back that's a wisdom call, by the way. That's a discernment call. You're not going to find a verse in the Bible to tell you how to respond to this person in this situation. So um, I, I would I would say I understand it, I, and I, I think more the 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 identifying the identifying sort of word that people might be avoiding more than simply Christian is evangelical, because you know I I have my own problems with evangelicalism, but I think the term has really been co-opted by extremist white Christian nationalism. And those two things are not the same. Evangelicalism, you know, and its heart was not like that. Um, uh, evangelicalism is not about always reading the Bible literally. That's more in America and fundamentalism, not evangelicalism. So the term has been co-opted. Um, but then again, there are a lot of evangelicals who are so afraid of basically one issue, in my opinion, it's abortion. And, and so they'll vote for people like Donald Trump. And I, I understand why people might want to walk away from the whole thing, but I'm just saying, don't do that. That's, that's not a good reason to walk away. That's a bit lazy. If you ask me, do something about it. Um, and don't, don't even run around telling people I'm Christian. If you're uncomfortable doing that, you can just sort of be it. And and maybe that's sort of the 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 time we see ourselves in. Oddly enough, with some version of Christianity being so much in the public, um, you know, in the public forum politically over the past few years, we may have more in common today with the very unchristian culture of the Roman Empire in the first century where people are around saying, well, I'm a Christian. You just sort of like, oh, they're weird. They do weird stuff. You know, they don't do this, they do that. And maybe maybe this is sort of what's happening today too. We have, we have an opportunity to conceive of the nature of Christianity differently and to correct aberrations and in some sense to rediscover basic tenets of, of a lived Christian faith a lived Christian faith in social political contexts that doesn't prop up power, but actually critiques it. Yeah, we, we've been so excited about having you on here as a guest because you are one of the leading voices, if not the leading voice, helping Christians who, who do want to think deeply about their faith and, and, and 
go through this journey. And so we really appreciate you, Pete and Jared, uh, and who we've had here before and, and um, all of your work, uh, Bible for Normal People podcast, your numerous works. Uh, any uh, projects that you have coming out soon that you'd like to share with us before we go? Um, well, currently, we're probably a few days away from uh, a book I wrote called Exodus for Normal People, which is we, we had Jared and I wrote Genesis for Normal People came out a few years ago. Uh, and this is the second book in what's going to be something like a series, I guess. We're not going to do all 66 books. I'm going to run out of energy and time. But so that is is out. It's, out, you know, audio and, and you can get it through our website, thebiblefornormalpeople.com. So that's probably the big thing at this point. And, Excellent. Uh, like I said, I'm done with it. We're waiting for it to get all the typesetting kinks out, and it'll be out probably in a few days from the time we are recording this. Well, definitely looking forward to reading it. Exodus for normal people. Pete Enns, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate you, and thanks for giving us your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Pete Enns had such great information to share. Appreciated him sharing a little bit about his journey and then addressing some of those questions. That, that a lot of thinking Christians are asking right now about how to interpret the Bible, what it, what it means to interpret the Bible wisely, that the Bible could be a, a guide for your life, and questions about the Bible and science. I thought one of the most comforting things he had to say there was for people who are maybe asking questions and they're, they're just a little afraid. They're a little unsure about what that could lead to in their faith, or they're afraid of social pressure. Uh, from people who you know, don't want them to be honest about the questions they have. And I loved it when Pete said, actually, that's what people in the Bible were doing. That's what Jesus was doing. That's what Paul was doing. That's what the Old Testament prophets were doing. They were questioning, they were wrestling with what it means to follow God. <laughs> and he said, you're in good company. If you're asking questions and you're trying to be honest in your relationship with God and grow, you're in good company because you're doing what people in the Bible did. So if that's you, if, if you've been in this place of maybe deconstructing or reconstructing or whatever terminology you use to try to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ in 21st century America? I hope that was comforting to you and encouraging to you and maybe gives you some ideas about where to go in the future. Even Pete's book, uh, Exodus for Normal People. And so. I want to invite you to pray with me. We're going to close in prayer and then talk about, you know, starting next week, this Lent series that I mentioned earlier. And um, thank you for being with us today. I invite you to pray with me. God, thank you for Pete Enns and his work on the Bible for Normal People podcast and for, uh, for the books that he has written that have helped people wrestle with what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ right now. Thank you for his work. We pray for your continued blessings on him. Thank you for people in the well who, uh, who seek out uh, new material all the time and who are searching and who have uh, been reading Pete's books and, and listening to the podcast and, and have been looking forward to his visit here. God, we pray for those of us most of all who are in some place in our spiritual journey where maybe we've been asking questions or we've been afraid to or maybe, maybe we even you know, deconstructed our faith and we're wondering where to go now. We're trying to reconstruct or rebuild something. And... God, I pray that, that Pete's interview today was comforting and encouraging. That if you're asking questions, you're in good company because you're doing what people in the Bible did. You are part of the ongoing, unfolding story of people of faith trying to, to follow God more closely. 
And certainly when God looks at that, God is pleased with where uh, you are and with your honesty and with your journey. Thank you, God, that we have that encouragement that you've created us with brains. And that that if you've created us with a brain, then certainly it's okay to use it when it comes to matters of faith and how we live and helping us to live wisely. God, we thank you for this series, for all the guests that we've had, and we thank you for this community called The Well. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.